Welcome to the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour with your host and founder, Alex Burr. Hello, and welcome to an exciting edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. For the first time in a long time, we are back to the preferred arrangement, I would say. Um, I, I enjoy monologuing, don't get me wrong. But this is my brother, um, one of my favorite people in the world. Also, the world's biggest Kawhi Leonard fan. Um, Jamie Hall has graced us with his presence on this edition of the Power Hour. But JD, you know, in good conscience, we cannot start without throwing a curveball when you expect a fastball. Right. So, JD, what did you think of last weekend's Super Bowl? I guess that's probably not that much of a curveball, but still, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good jumping off point. I didn't think much. I thought literally everything that I thought would happen did happen. I was off by the score. About like one point both past like the entire game I was off by one point, which was irritating. But I wasn't surprised. I knew Patrick Mahomes was gonna get the Cinderella story. And that was really all I called it to be. I said Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs would win, he would get the Cinderella story. And that instead of us hearing much about the game or covering the game, we will see Taylor Swift in And I was right. Anything I mean, Travis Kelsey did, Taylor Swift was in the limelight. And then when he wasn't even catching up, I guess she didn't get enough airtime. Travis Kelsey <laughs> wouldn't even be involved in a play. And we would be we would see Taylor Swift. I'm like Patrick Mahomes made that fourth down run. Why not show his wife? But I mean, you know. we know why. We know why. Yeah, I mean, business. and also she's like one of the best selling artists, you know, in the whole freaking world. You know, like I, I was thoroughly the first half. I thought. Remember that Super Bowl? Um, what was it? Rams Patriots. That was a couple of years ago. And I think it was like, what, 13 to three. I thought that's where we were heading after the first half. I was like, oh, no, this is going to be so boring. You're saying the year that the Rams won? No, the year that the Patriots won. The year the the Patriots won? I think it was 2000. I think it was the year. um, The year. Yeah, Gurley and Goff. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I just was like hoping it wasn't going to be another version of that. But then the second half came and there was a good amount of more offense from both teams. And I, I was satisfied. You know, I was satisfied. Um, the overtime. I loved that the um game winning touchdown happened practically. <laughs> I know time didn't expire when it happened, but it was like what this close? It was as close to a buzzer beater in football as you can get without it actually being a buzzer beater. <laughs> so I thought that was great. Mahomes on that last play was also just brilliant too. Making it happen with his legs. I got from the second half, I got no complaints. No, no complaints at all. Literally, I I don't know. I think I was just able to call it. So it I wouldn't I didn't really care. 
<laughs> well, you, you are JD the Wise, so it makes sense. Um, like we do have basketball stuff to talk about. Um, Jimmy Butler, it was announced this week that he will be taking an extended leave of absence from the team. Um, there is a death in the family, it sounds like. And it's unfortunate. Um, the Heat kind of bouncing back, JD, after a long extended losing streak. They're doing a lot better in the standings than they were a good like a month ago. Um, obviously, we can't speculate on what happened with Jimmy and his family, but just kind of real terrible for the Heat for it to happen right now. Yeah, I think by them not being healthy, pretty much none of the beginning, then when things start to go good, that's when real life happens. And one thing I try to um, remind people in that I talk to, like, no matter what's going on in the world, real life don't stop. And it's one of those things that, like, it, it just hit at a time when business was starting to roll, you know? Exactly. He half came out behind the Pacers for the sixth seed right now. Um, also, I want to say I watched a little bit of the um, Sunday game between the Heat and the Celtics. And despite not having Jimmy Butler for that game, or Josh Richardson was out for that one too, right? They yep. still he got hurt almost that be- game. Yeah, that was the game he got hurt in. Helm Rozier and right. Duncan Robinson. They still took it to the Celtics and almost beat them. I mean, what sh- goes the show? Eric Spolstra, <laughs> um, absolute god tier coach. Um, JD, you said you had some other injuries you wanted Pintas to touch better on. Better than Doc. Oh, wow. That's for sure. Um, (laughs) What other uh, injuries did you want to touch on since it's been a while since you've talked basketball behind a microphone? Um, One being the Julius Randle injury and what is meant for the Knicks. Um, I think we see how versatile that team really is because Dante DiVincenzo, my guy, Dude has been a literal menace in every game. Like I didn't, I didn't know DiVincenzo had this type of scoring ability. I knew he could play. I knew he could shoot the ball, and he was a little inconsistent. But man, he right now he one of my favorite players. Because he's playing both sides of the ball. Like, um, another one, I can't go without mentioning. Terry Rozier was finally starting to catch his rhythm with with Miami. I think that that sucks. The Kawhi Leonard injury, they hope it's nothing serious. Then, I mean... Do you want to, you want a hot take, JD? I think he doesn't what? want to play in the All Star game, so I think he's I think he's. <laughs> I was thinking it could be that, but the only reason I took that away was because I think this year it kind of means something again. Oh, I think it's interesting because he's missed like what five or six games this year compared to he he only other... missed five. He only missed five. Yeah, I, he's having 
undeniably his best season probably since he was in San Antonio. I don't really think it's close. I think yeah. he having an MVP kind of year. Yeah, the numbers won't show that, it, but the impact on the floor. If you watch him, you will see it. I mean, remember the end of that uh, Clippers Heat game when he just stole? I don't remember who he stole it from, but he was just sitting in the paint. Someone dribbled in there, and he's just like, "I'll take that now." <laughs> That's the kind uh, of stuff he just used to do in San Antonio all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying I don't to remember, remember who he stole who it from. Was, was I'm it trying um, to remember because it, it was a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly who it was, but I just remember him doing that. I, it might have be been like, Jaime. It could have been Jaime. That sounds right. But still, I mean, Kawhi even like two years ago wasn't doing that anymore. You know, yeah. I think. I think he was he was trying to pace his pace himself, but this year defensively, dude has literally, honestly, I think him and Westbrook been the best defenders in the league, like two of the best. I I can't take away from Wimby, Anthony Davis, MB, and truthfully, uh, I hate that I gotta say his name. The 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 French bomb, not named Go Big, <laughs> not named um, Wimby, has been great defensively this year. He has been. Um, speaking of Weminyama, I, I feel like we'd be remiss not to mention under this new format of the Power Hour, twenty seven, fourteen, and ten blocks, twenty nine minutes. That, that's insane. Yeah, has, he's been playing on a minutes restriction like the whole season. I first of all, JD, I know I know you used to be a Spurs fan, right? You used to be a Spurs fan, probably more accurate representation of your feelings, correct? Yeah, they hurt my feelings, but uh I've been I think naturally I still have some love for them, even though I hate to admit it. Is pop is this Popovich's worst coaching job ever? Surprisingly, no, because Wow. I, I, I see the idea and the idea is not for the now. So I I can't blame him. And it's not a lack of execution of coaching. I think it's honestly they just don't got the talent of a lot, a lot of team. You're not because wrong there. Some of his he still draws up some very nice plays. Like I watched uh which game was it? It was a game that Wimby didn't play recently. And I literally just watched his play calling for certain shots and I was I was so intrigued to see that when these guys execute on just the simplest things of Pop's coaching, it shows he's still relevant in the coaching league today. Like, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a very, I'm strongly against old school coaches in today's league. But Pop is one of the ones that his, his coaching still means a lot. True. Like he he can actually coach in today's league. And I don't mean as 
just he got the air of the locker room. I mean, play calling, adjustments, reading what's going on, and him being able to talk to his players is just the added bonus, honestly. Because you could be a guy with the talent that don't have his locker room and y'all just winning based off of talent, like how Boston got to the finals under Missoula. I mean, to the conference finals under Missoula. Like, they don't have a coach over there. He sucks. But they have great talent that, you know, you can't tell that the coach suck all the time. It's that's a good point. Like, you know how many guys they played this year that are over twenty eight? Um, Doug McDermott, um, Jetty Osman, and got one more. I'm trying to remember the entire roster. I know, I know the need- last person, don't I? Yeah, I mean. This guy was a pretty prominent rotation player in Charlotte a few years ago. He was the point guard in Charlotte before Lamelo. Oh gosh, um, Devonte Graham. That, that's, that's correct. I was trying to remember. I knew it was a guy with breaks, <laughs> and I I literally couldn't think because he don't get that much clock anymore and dude was a literal bucket. I don't understand like when he was going with Sohan at the beginning of the season. That, that's just one thing I didn't understand, right? Like I, I, I personally liked it. I just hated the fact but, Sohan missed Wimby a lot. It's It was an interesting idea, but it was one of those ones that you should have scrapped after like two games, you know, if it didn't work. Right? Like this is a guy like if you think he can be like Nick Batum, that's great. But no one's ever asked Nick Batum to be like their full-time point guard. You know, if you think he can be like the secondary guy off of the like main guy, you have Devontae Graham can get you assists. He can get you into your offense. I don't understand why they didn't. Just, <laughs> exactly. You can still be bad while playing Devontae Graham. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe if he plays well, you could trade him too. I think the can I, can I be honest with you? Right. Maybe yeah. the Spurs being as good as they were for as long as they were wasn't the best thing for their franchise. <laughs> because other teams know how to do this game right, you know? Oh, we can uh, we can play this guy for tw- 30 minutes a night until the trade deadline, and then boom, now that he has trade value, he's gone to a contender. You know, I don't think the Spurs... Since the Spurs were the contenders for what? 25 years? Forever. <laughs> exactly. They don't know how they don't know how to play that game anymore. Like that game is foreign to them. I don't know. It's it's a real weird thing to imagine. Um, let's just go ahead. I I have other things we could probably talk about with the Spurs, but let's not dwell on them. Um, there's some interesting trade deadline stuff that came out, most notably. <laughs> That LeBron James could have gone to the Warriors. There's a lot of smoke about this leading up to the deadline, but it was confirmed. Um, I don't know who exactly reported this, so I'm going to pull the ESPN article now. 
Woj, and I would have to guess Ramona Shelburne was in on this somehow. Yeah, boom. Okay. So it seems like the Warriors were kind of shot down, especially when Rich Paul came out and made that statement like LeBron's not leaving LA. Jenny, what do you make of all this? It was just, uh, in my opinion, a bunch of the so-called moves teams tried to make was just to be said that they tried to make moves. I don't really put much into that. I don't put much into that at all, honestly. Maybe I believe they believe that what happened 10%. And the only reason I gave them 10% was just because if LeBron, I believe that the Lakers respect LeBron enough to say if he came in there and said, I won't now, I won't go to state, they probably would have did it. But That's, let's be honest, I don't I don't think nobody saw LeBron really trying to leave. No. There there's no way. Um especially since Bronny's at USC. Right. Exactly. And I know they only have I know USC is not that good, so they're probably only going to have like a few more weeks left in their season. Um, but that's still really close for LeBron to be like, oh, he could probably just drive to Bronny's games. You know, like it's a big difference from Oakland to Los Angeles. It's not like just like, oh, they're both in California. Yeah. Driving time. It's like five hours, which we know LeBron wouldn't do that drive. Flight time. It's like an hour. Which, you know, isn't that inconvenient, but still like the whole ass to take, <laughs> you know, I, I think it works out better for everybody, especially because the Lakers are at the moment better than the Warriors. That's the other yeah. thing, too, J.D. Like, yeah, I know the Lakers haven't been great this year, but. They're, I guess, two games up in the standings on the the Warriors, technically. But honestly, AB, and th- and this is this was my whole thing about the trade deadline. I thought it was utter BS, regardless, because Golden State called the Lakers about LeBron. The Lakers called Philly about Embiid. No, it was the other way around. They called um, Philly called the Lakers about LeBron, and then Philly they- is like. <laughs> Yeah, they it was, you know, a switch swap thing. They both yeah. asked for each other's main guy. And then Daryl Morey called Phoenix and asked for all of their big three. Like, all right, can we make a play for KD? Well, what about Book? Well, what, what about, about Bill? Like, you know, I don't believe that none of these teams took any of those deals serious. I don't think no team really was trying to do none of those deals. It was just to blow smoke and say, hey, look, we tried to go after a big fish and say we didn't try to push. I don't think none of it was really any of those teams believe they would have got any of those guys. I mean, the Knicks honestly were like the most aggressive team at the deadline by far in the like biggest name they got was OG. I mean, OG obviously wasn't the deadline. Well, yeah, I I would say they was the most aggressive and the best at it, but the best player that got moved was Siakam. Oh, for sure. But getting OG, 
and Boyan Bogdanovich, I think. And like, Alec Burks. He's been sh- he's been and, shooting the rub off the ball this year. Listen, just as someone, you know, JD, as you know, or I don't I don't know how aware you are of this, but the wheel that they spun on a back shoulder fade made me into a Knicks fan this season. So I've been watching a good amount of Knicks games. Last couple of games. <laughs> I've not been pleased with Alec Burks. I'll just say that. Yeah, he was only um, good the first game with them. But I mean, yeah. in Detroit, the the guy was balling. Listen, if he's like our ninth man, I, I'm not going to complain. You know, and you we're our word, our. I love this team, man. I do. Um, I just this actually a, this, a Nick Stater even more. <laughs> this lets me transition, JD. I I do need to talk. Fill my Knicks quota a little bit. And this is something I think you'll appreciate. Why is Taj Gibson in the league? Because he's a Tibbs guy. There's no <laughs> other way to put it. It's going to be morbid. You know, isn't it old Yeller? They say take him out back and shoot him. Don't, don't, isn't, don't isn't that do old? Taj like that. <sighs> Listen. He's a great vet. That's what that's what's wrong with the he's, league. They get rid of they get rid of the vets. Look at all 36. these things. JD, he PJ Tucker still in the league. He was drafted during the first year of Obama's presidency. And he was an old rookie in that draft class. A B PJ Tucker still in the league. And PJ Tucker's not playing. If PJ oh, Tucker's ass is on the look, bench. But think about this. Taj Gibson not complaining about his role. He's being a good vet. PJ Tucker okay. is crying about that, right? Taj oh, yeah. isn't exactly. Taj isn't in a place where he's being bad for the team. He's doing what Udonis Haslam did. He's been a good vet and he's helping with the culture and the, to be a voice for um for tips that maybe some of those guys. When those guys like, you know, Julius Randle, he he's not trying to hear nothing. Taj can enforce that message. Taj can get through to him and say, This is what coach means. This this you know, he he he's being a great bet. He's not being a distraction. Here here's the problem I have. Okay. Hartenstein hurt. Robinson hurt. Um Ananobi hurt. Like half all their front court is hurt. So they're playing Taj. Would you like to know how many rebounds a game he is averaging? I don't really care about points out of that spot, you know, because they have they have scores. Would you like to know how many rebounds a game he is averaging with the Knicks? How many? 1.8. Would you like to know how many personal fouls a game he is averaging? Three? 1.8. So you're getting basically as many rebounds as you are fouls with Taj. And I'm sorry, like <laughs> Hey, sounds good if, to me. If, if if you're not if you're not rebounding though, like this team, I understand. Like they're banged up to all hell right now, so they're on a four game losing streak at the moment. They're banged up to all hell. They can't get a rebound. Precious Achua has been killing it. By the way, that's a guy. Yeah, I want to deep, deep dive on before um, he gets knocked out of the rotation. Probably once Randall and uh, Hartenstein get back. Yeah, that's more than but, likely how they'll go about it. Definitely, because 
He's playing 25 minutes a game right now, and there's no way he's going to sniff that once those two get back. Um, but Achua's like the only one who's grabbing rebounds right now. Even his boxing out is not good. Like when he yeah. goes, like he's he's getting rebounds off of athleticism, right? Like he'll go over a guy and grab the rebound. Not like, oh, he's in a good position. This team needs to sign like a Robin Lopez or something. You know, someone a guy that can box out because Josh Hart is one of their strongest rebounders. Yes, exactly. And Josh Hart, now that they've signed all these, now that they got all these front court players, is playing a guard spot again. So he's on the perimeter more. Yep. It's like, I, I'm frustrated heading into the All Star break, but also, you know, the four seed can't be too upset about that. Um, it's a tough, it's a tough top of the conference with a team that we're going to talk about. Um, I, I want to ask you, JD, because, you know, we haven't talked much about this guy. Jalen Brunson. Um, averaging 27.6 points a game, shooting 48% from the field, 41% from three, six and a half assists a game. I mean, let me just ask you this. Is this guy an all NBA player to you this year? Or is there six guys you'd have ahead of him? Um, absolutely. All NBA. Um, truthfully, I believe he's probably the man. I got Howland Byrne. Helm and Matt see a toss up. But those okay. are my top three out out east. Damian Lillard is not Yeah. Damian Lillard's not an all star. Damn Oh gosh, Damian Lillard's not a top four guard. Trey Young is top four. Trey Young top four. Brunson should have started over him, I think. Brunson or Hall? Well, no, Halliburton wasn't started. Brunson should have started over. I had um, Maxi starter, and that was only because like they they numbers was close, but it was the you know the seeding matter. They were still sure. winning games without Embiid, at, but um. Another thing for me is what what is your impact on your team? Without Bronson, the Knicks suck. Yeah. Without Maxi, we we see Philly struggle. Without Halliburton, the Pacers suck. Trey Young is that I mean the Hawks suck with him. Imagine what they'd be without him. (laughs) Yeah, Trey Young averaging 27 and 11 or 12. Can, can I and say I something, mean, JD? And can Milwaukee about, still suck. Can I say something about Trey Young? I don't, under, I don't understand. I, listen, I understand, you know, maybe his style of play isn't for you. But it's undeniable that they're just flatly a better team with him playing. Like, yeah, it's you you can't deny that. Like they've been close to five hundred with him playing, and if he wasn't on the team, they'd be truly atrocious. Like honestly, you can't blame the guard play at all. Yeah, the, the guard play is really the only solidified spot that they have, and him and Dejounte Murray. The problem is they don't know how, they they do a terrible job at allowing him and DeJounte Murray to be 
be free and play their game. They do a terrible job at that. They don't know how to run the wings because the wings stay hurt. Jalen Johnson, the only one that's ever healthy. DeAndre yeah. Hunter. Stays he wasn't even, hurt. he missed like 20 games. Thank you. Get what I'm saying? The uh yeah. DeAndre Hunter stay hurt. What's the what's the other kid name that they got? Sadiq uh, Bay. Sadiq Bay. Not good. They don't know. They don't know <laughs> how. They don't know how to play Sadiq Bay either. Like you got him over there because he was having a good year, and literally y'all don't play him in a style that suits him. They Quinn Snyder is not the coach for them. I I have another take. I have another take. Okay, I've been marinating on this one for a couple of weeks, but it's it's really it's inspired by Monty Williams. But you'll see where I'm going with this. You know how they say um, players get giant contracts and then they just stop trying? Yeah. I think we're seeing that in a couple spots with coaches this year. More than a couple. Most, most notably with Monty Williams in Detroit. Blank. But no, 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 no. This the only thing I can say. And this not to come as a saving because I like money with. Detroit competes. Killian Hayes. Kill, Detroit, Killian Detroit Hayes. They can't finish. Killian Hayes. Okay. Now, I will say this. I think Money played him just to prove he couldn't be part of that team. And that's the reason they got rid of him. I think he let him play himself out his position. Killian Hayes is probably was probably one of the 10 worst guys who played Starter minutes this year, I yeah, think. But I, that's I probably it's pretty generous. I truly believe he he let him play those minutes to play himself off the team. Because one thing I do notice about them, they do compete. They are a competing they, team. They just can't finish, and then they got an idiot like Isaiah Stewart on the team. Yeah, we didn't even talk. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, he got arrested last night. He was released. Um, but there's an investigation pending because he did attack Drew Eubanks before the game in Phoenix. It wasn't Phoenix, right? Yeah, it wasn't yeah, Phoenix. It wasn't Phoenix. Um, yesterday, was it like, was it like a full fledged punch in the face? Right, that's what they were saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Drew Eubanks. Totally forgot about what that. What threat does he offer? Yeah, Isaiah Stewart. Um. And they said it was all uncalled for a punch. So I'm just waiting to read the read the rest about it. I'm inclined to give guys the benefit of the doubt, you know, when it comes to fights, because we don't know who says what. But yeah, but at this point, Isaiah Stewart tries to fight everybody. And honestly, I don't think he can. I do not believe he can fight because he tries too hard to show it. He could have punched LeBron in the face and he didn't. He literally threw a bitch fit. Um, I'm sorry. I, I think he goes out his way to try to prove that he that he's a tough guy. Like, you know how remember when Bryce was hating on Jimmy Butler saying Jimmy wants to be a tough guy and goes out his way to try to be a tough guy. That's Isaiah Stewart to me. I think Jimmy comes from a tough background, 
so that's the way he knows how to communicate. Like, like he, he always said, he came in with MVP D Rose and Joe Kim Noah and Taj Gibson was cussing D Rose out in the practices. How do you think this guy is going to adjust to the league? He's going to believe that this is how you communicate at the top level. If they could talk to the MVP like this, what can he say when they talk to him? Same thing Steven Jackson said when um, Pop will cut out Tim Duncan. You know what I mean? Yeah. that It's one of those when I think of those guys. But Isaiah Stewart, tell me what do you offer your team and tell me if they can find that somewhere else. Yes, Isaiah Stewart is someone that you can find anywhere. You can, right now, the the number 60th guy in the draft go be able to do what Isaiah Stewart do. Which is 11.7 rebounds a game. Um, yeah. It's, he's, remember um, the Chappelle show sketch with Charlie Murphy? When Charlie Murphy's oh. like, he's a habitual line stepper? Of course. Yeah, that uh, everything you said about um, Isaiah Stewart seems to be true. Plus, him being a habitual line stepper also seems to be true. I'd say that's a pretty <laughs> not good combination there. It's probably the exact opposite of the combination you want. This this a time in the league where you appreciate what a guy like Draymond does, in my opinion. Yeah. Because I think Draymond would be the guy that challenged him and be like, yo, you're not that. Now, all the extra stuff you could complain about Draymond doing, but Draymond is that guy that will test your toughness. Because honestly, a lot of these guys that Draymond has done stuff to, why don't they respond? Because they not cut like that. Yep. If they if they was cut like that, like you know how they people get mad because Charles Barkley said he just needs to be hit in the face. I guarantee you, if a lot of these guys knew that they'll get hit in the face, they wouldn't act like that. Devin Booker wouldn't act the same way. Devin Booker is a, a trash talker in a disrespectful way. Why? He know nobody gonna touch him. Well, I think Richard Jefferson said something like that too. It's like they got rid of the enforcers, but didn't get rid of the bullies. Yeah. So the bullies could run their, um, run their mouths, but they, um, the enforcers aren't there to do anything about it anymore. So like, like, bro, like, let's be real. A guy like, a guy like Steven Adams, do you really believe Yusuf Nurkic would push Steven Adams over if he knew Steven Adams could retaliate. I watched Steven Adams pick up Tony Bradley. <laughs> with with no effort. And Tony Bradley's like 6'10, 250. A B, do you believe <laughs> Yusuf Nurgit, who just no. after a playing fool because Draymond barely touched him? Do you think he would have the balls to really try to push over oh, Steven Adams. Abs- absolutely not. No, 
that's what I mean by it. Like, it, it, it's one of those things where the market does. You know how many people would, if they knew DeMarcus Cousins was on that team, how many team, how many people would really try something? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, and and one thing, Boogie rides for his teammates. When he was on the Clippers, remember everybody was talking crazy trash about Paul George, that entire playoffs, right? But it stopped. When Boogie came out and said, nobody could talk bad about PG around me. Devin Booker to call him a pussy no more. Before they got Boogie, Devin Booker was, you're a pussy. You're soft. You're this. Seth Curry doing the same thing. Like, come on. Like, I love the Curry family. But ain't no Curry a threat. Probably to take your woman. But they not no threat to cause <laughs> harm to you. Um, I don't know. Austin Rivers. Um, like, come on now. Like, these is not guys that teams look at as a threat. And the they the ones talking the most trash. Like, come on now. Like, you guys not cut like that. Like Tony Allen wouldn't stand for none of that. Okay. Sure. Kendra Perkins. Say what you want about Kendra Perkins. Zebo. You you it wasn't allowed. You you get what I'm saying? Like yeah, I get what you're saying. Like like um, Carl Anthony Towns, trash talking <laughs> players, because they got Rudy Gobert. What was this same heart at when Jimmy Butler was on your team? What that's a, what was like? I Anthony Edwards shouldn't be the big man on y'all team. Patrick Beverly going around giving everybody enough to themselves, and y'all seven feet. If you don't already feel like you that man at seven feet, Patrick Beverly, who barely six feet doing it, and you know I love Pat Bell, but Pat Bell shouldn't have to make make you over. Like these guys, it's huge. They freaks of nature. How is he bringing the dog out of you? You don't already feel like Nobody should step to you. Imagine them be all everybody talk about them be flopping. Do you think MB would flop the same way if he knew he would face the consequences for putting his hands back on 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 other players for fouls and B would be a bully? It's true. It's true. Well, I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> I think we started at the Knicks and ended up on Isaiah Stewart. So, um, JD, to close out the pod, um, I wanted to do games of the week for the new version of the Power Hour, we'll call it. Um, and for the game of the week that you selected, I was like, hey, I want you to pick one. You chose Suns Warriors. So that's the one we're going to start with. Hey, um, I want to say this. Golden State had some great games this past week. And they did. The game last night versus the Clippers. And the game with Phoenix, they both was amazing. So it was a hard choose. It was a tough choose. Definitely. Um, This game, though, this game definitely lived up to the billing. And 
Warriors won on a last second Curry shot. Um, 113-112. It was a tough shot, too. Was it like 35 feet away? Yeah, it was tough. A beauty. Um, No dribbles. 30 points on nine threes. So that means he made only one. Um, And he was 10 for 22 from the field. So he made one, not three-pointer, the entire game. Um, Kaminga finished with 21 points as the second leading scorer. Booker led the Suns in scoring with 32. KD with 24. But on 25 shots, only two free throws. Um, Let's just... What were your overall, like, biggest takeaways from this game? One, Golden State found a starting five that worked. Two, definitely. Um, um, Steve Kerr is trusting his young guys. Three, um, the combination of Wiggins and Kaminga guarding the best players. And you are able to switch Draymond in there when it really counts the most is repu- is formula for success. Definitely. They not throwing the same repeated matchups because Kaminga, I feel like Kaminga should have been guarding Katie and Wiggins guarded book more in the fourth quarter, but they had it the opposite. And I think the reason why book was able to get off was because they did that but what mattered the most was when they did finally make the switch Wiggins being the defender that he is was able to get the timely things that I think Kaminga still learning about you know he knowing just knowing certain things and I think it proved that Golden State finally found a way to make a run and see what they could really do. Because honestly, they just been a hurt team. Gary Payne, the second came back and was phenomenal. Yeah. The the I young kid, um, is Rollins, not Rollins. What, what is it? Are you, th- are you thinking of the big man or the guard? The guard. Not yeah, that's Yeah. Keonis. That's I don't know how to say that kid name. Oh, are, you, are you thinking of Pajenski? Never mind. No, not BP. I like I, BP been playing enough to. I don't think I need to talk about him. But Keonis, yeah, definitely. The that kid, very strong defender. I like that. Um, his defense matched with the timely buckets that he made. Golden State got some young talent over there that's enticing enough to where yeah, not only can they still compete, but they might be able to entice a team to go after those young guys and get back a strong vet. Not like uh, what Phoenix just did in signing um, Gallinari, but I'm saying a strong vet as in one that's going to be a big difference maker as far as like championship contender. I don't think Gallinari does that anymore. That's why I brought him up. Or Thaddeus Young. I think they they good, but they you know they not what they was. But I think they'll be able to go a step above both of those guys 
and get a very strong piece that could push them into competing for a title, even if they don't have like make big, big moves. It could be that just one solid vet, like what uh Otto Porter did for them. Definitely. I, I think the Gary Payton thing was really interesting because I thought when he was out there, the energy was just different. He's amazing. Uh, yeah. Just like always. Because last time I did the Warriors, because when I was still doing teams, I, I drew the Warriors. And he definitely wasn't out there when I had Warriors League. Um, and the energy just wasn't the same. The energy is just not the same when he's out there. Agreed. Like there was that one play, they ran a ball screen where GP came up and set the screen for Curry. And one thing I noticed too, is that the Suns, you can just get anything you want against them at the rim. You can do which that is why anywhere I, on the floor versus them outside. That of is for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. But the rim, especially like, yeah. and you know, the rim is always where you want to live at. If you're, you know, in the anything. NBA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that, it was real interesting to see like the Warriors were able to get a ton of like rim shots like that, you know, like, oh, hey, Draymond slipping to the rim on this. I noticed Draymond had like a ton of easy layups like towards the end of the game just because yeah, KD was playing me. like KD was playing like a, a smidge too high. And <laughs> Draymond can't move his feet. Exactly. Um, Just a lot of different factors of like, oh, hey, this is why. uh. This is why the Warriors were able to get so many looks at the rim, which is not something they've historically been great at without KD. Um, I thought that watching Curry was amazing. <laughs> Even when he, when they try to take him away, they just couldn't. I mean, held him to what? One for six from two? I guess you got to take the wins where you can. Yeah, I mean, but, with, this, with Steph shooting, I'd rather him get hot from two. Exactly. That's, that's a good way to put it. And Kuminga. I don't think I trade Kuminga. I think he's at this point he might be untouchable. Just because the way he's been playing since he made those comments I, I don't remember the exact stats but the comments where he's like they're not using me right here. Yeah. And he's proven them right. He's been probably one of the most He's probably been one of the 50 most impactful players in the league this season. It was always right, his decision making. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I trust him to like run a pick and roll, but if he can like make a timely back cut, if he can, you know, I don't know, make the right decision off the ball, that's more of his steez. And then I, I think he's really talented. I do. And I think he might be putting it all together. I don't, I, it might be too early to say. But holding KD to, helping hold KD to 10 of 25, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That, that, that was, that was my game, man. And I, I really, I enjoy watching it. But tell the folks what, what was your game? So I like you as too. My game was fun in a different way because it was close throughout, and then towards the end there was some let's call it shenanigans. So 
the Philadelphia 76ers defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers, who were on a, what was it, nine-game winning streak coming in? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and this was this game happened on February 12th. I should have said the um a Warriors clip or the Warriors Suns game happened on February 10th. So this game, um Kelly Oubre, <laughs> leading scorer for the Kelly Oubre and Buddy Heald combined leading scorers for the um 76ers with 24 apiece. Donovan Mitchell, your guy, 36 points for the Cavs in the losing effort. Um this was an interesting one to watch, JD, because the Cavs kind of kept punching, but they kind of outmanned the 76ers too. I mean, listen to this rotation. Okay. So Maxi, right? All-star. Deserving all-star. Um, as we know, Embiid out. Um, will miss a significant amount of time. At least four weeks is what the report said. Right. Um, Uber, uh, Tobias Harris also out in this game, amongst many others. So left in their places, Kelly Oubre, Buddy Heald, yeah, as Batum I said. was out, right? Yeah, Batum. Um, Paul Reed is the starting center. KJ Martin as the starting four, we'll presume. Yeah. And then the bench lineup is something insane. Campaign played 24 minutes off the bench. Ricky Council the fourth. I followed the NBA pretty intensely, JD. I'd never heard of this guy in my life. That was the first time I saw. Um, Mo Bamba, 19 minutes off the bench. And then Turquavian Smith, three minutes off the bench. So a real mash unit for the Sixers. But let me ask you, do you think the Cavs blew it? Or do you think this is just like, okay, can't win them all? <laughs> what was your kind of read on this game? Um, honestly, the way that I thought about it was Cleveland. Okay, hear me out. Okay. Cleveland been on the road because a lot of things just been going for them. I think when Garland and Mobley was out, they played with a will to win. And I think they played harder than other teams. I think now that they're healthy, they showing that they really don't know how to win when everybody just has to play their role. They lean heavily on Donovan Mitchell, who even more than last year. Yeah, I think they taken away from Jared Allen to like let Mobley do more. But honestly, I think in the minutes that y'all taking away from Allen and let Mobley this is how I would do it. I think the rotation is not good. I think that the way that I think it's a lot wrong that will show in the playoffs again. But I would run Mobley and Garland together because I think it'll be easier to let them to bring themselves back in when they're that guy. When Mobley knows he's going to get those touches, he's more comfortable. He don't got to force it. Garland can get everybody involved and get his offense going. Neither one. Garland hasn't been good since he's been back. Mobley's been good, but not great. And you want him to be great. Jared Allen has been having to take a step back. And honestly, without 
Mobley there, you could say he was playing like a top five center. So it's one of them things where I think the coaching got to get better. Execution has to get better. Um, talent can win you games, but you also got to have the heart. You got to be able to outdog your opponent. You have to have a certain mentality. And I think they talent wise have it, but if shots not falling because they bench, not that strong, honestly, George Niang will not be able to give you big minutes in the playoff. Um, you're going to request more out of Karis Levert. He can't be inconsistent. Um, a Coro, their team's going to make him beat them. He's going to be the guy they don't care for. I exactly. think it's a lot that they still got to answer. It's just regular season. Teams not showing all they cards. While I think right now, Cleveland is. I, I want to say, I hope a Coro's shooting carries over into the postseason because he is making like 38% of his threes. Yeah, he's um, looking good. It's just yeah, those bright lights, and you know what you when said is right. Really make you exactly and like they're gonna speaking for Philly. I think Philly out Dalton. Philly out Dalton. I think Paul Reed won them this game. Like Loki, he didn't have the biggest game, but his activity down low, you know, being able to hold Jared Allen in check because theoretically, right, your biggest advantage in this game. Is being able to hold um the Cavs or like the Cavs biggest advantage, I should say, is that you have two giants and yeah. they're playing KJ Martin at the four. So like theoretically, you should be killing them inside. Yeah. Now, Jared Allen, um, at the end of the game, when so let me let me set the stage for you because I didn't really give credence to how crazy the end of this game was. So it's tied like we'll we'll just say it's like 90 or we'll say it's 100 to 100, right? And then all of a sudden or 110, 110. I think that's probably more accurate depiction. All of a sudden, Philly breaks away with a 10 point lead (laughs) and there's about a minute left on the clock. And then Cleveland goes on a quick 9-0 run. I think 30 seconds had gone off the clock by the time. Um, I don't remember who exactly drew the foul. I think it was Ricky Council the fourth, our friend. He drew a foul, made both the free throws, three point game. Um, Cleveland got a two foul. Um, Philly went one for two from the free throw line. Then Cleveland had a good shot from Mitchell, offensive rebound, kick out to Garland, brick. <laughs> and you said Garland hasn't been good. I think that's kind of something I want to focus on too. It's like, you know, I'm a huge fan of the guy, but I got to call a spade a spade. Like, I don't know if it's him not having the ball as much as he probably needs to have it to succeed. Or if it's just like a slump, but he's shooting like 31% from three this year. And we both know he's not that bad. Like he's probably a 40% three point shooter. Like when he's on, he was the entire spacing for a team one year. I repeat, he was the entire spacing for a team one year. So I don't buy that he's a 31% shooter, but also you got to make shots. Like someone has to make shots, especially when you're playing two forwards. I also thought it was interesting, JD. Did you notice who wasn't out there in crunch time? I know you said 
Mobley's kind of messing up Allen's thing, but they didn't close with Mobley. Yeah, I know. They, they went small and played Okoro and Lavert. And I, I mean, they switched out Shrews in there too, but. Yeah, I don't was, think that was the answer either. That's why, well, that's why I added in coaching. I think that I think coaching probably like if you want me to tr- be, want me to be truthful, I think coaching probably won the the Sixers this game because Nurse. I mean, Nurse, it's, it's smart. Not, Nurse is a better coach than Jamie Bickerstaff. I don't think we need to. Um, <laughs> I don't think this is a debate that we need to have. Right, but I think. The approach he had, right? Like, just, oh, we're going to create a bunch of extra chances. We're going to be really aggressive, hit the offensive glass. Well, let's see. How many offensive rebounds do they have? 11? Against a team that's a lot bigger than you, you should not be giving up a lot, 11 offensive rebounds to that tiny-ass squad. Right. Tyrese Maxey shouldn't have an offensive rebound. <laughs> like, you should not be giving up that many offensive rebounds when you have a, a significant size advantage. That's heart. That's heart and that's coaching. And I think, I don't know. I think the Cavs kind of failed at both in that game. But again, it, they were kind of due for a letdown too because they won 17 of their last 19. Which is kind of crazy to say. Like, when Mitchell, or no, not when Mitchell, when Garland and Mobley went down, they just started winning all their games. They're the two seed right now, JD. Yeah, I know. Like, if Embiid doesn't come back in the regular season and the Cavs keep this up, there's a good chance they probably stay as the two seed. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I think they do. Because I don't I don't think Milwaukee going to get better. And I think they 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 locked in as a two right now. So um, on that note. I think that's a great power hour for us to come back on. Um, JD, I just want to say thank you. Make sure you listen to facts and stats, folks. It's coming back. Um, make sure just you listen dropped. to all the, just dropped. Excellent. Make sure you listen to uh, all the other great stuff on the running hook podcast network. Make sure you listen to insanity. Make sure you listen to back shoulder fade. Make sure you listen to circle city cinema. Um, all those are dropping soon as well. Oh, well, Insanity dropped today, back shoulders fade dropped yesterday. Circle City Cinema. Not exactly sure, but hopefully soon. JD, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. Thank you, bro. And I want to thank you all so much for listening.